This podcast will stir your passion. It's Jamily Matters, Pearl Jam Explored. Welcome to the show, Roach and Billy Jean. Uh, we are talking Pearl Jam, but today it's uh, we, it, this is exciting. And Billy and I were just talking kind of before we were recording this episode about how it's weird that things are getting back to normal, but it doesn't feel like they're getting back to normal. And it feels weird doing things that used to be normal, but now aren't normal anymore. It's a lot of conflicting emotions, but it's exciting and weird and surreal and bittersweet all rolled into one. And I bring it up now because we have not had like breaking Pearl Jam news or Pearl Jam time sensitive things, things that are happening like right now in the moment with the band in over a year, and now we do, and it feels weird to be like, hey, we should do an episode because something just happened with Pearl Jam that is was public and exciting. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. And because there, you, you, you spot on, because there hasn't been anything in so long, this was like, whoa, whoa we, wait, we, what is this? We, we, huh? we do something? Oh, oh okay, well, let, let's do it. So this is just a kind of a quick episode to, to go over the two things that have happened in the world of Pearl Jam in the last seven days as we record this. And one of them is, is a, is a cool thing and is a fun thing to see. One of them was a, like, a, a overwhelming thing in the Pearl Jam universe and in the music universe as well. So I think, I don't know, Billy, which one do you want to start with? Either. That's good. It's good. Well, let's start with, let's start with deep. Okay. Okay. So, and I, I'd love to get some of you, like, just, not your background on on this on Pearl Jam's kind of rollout of this, but kind of the music industry and the thought process of the rollout of this. So, for people who don't know, uh, what is Deep other than the name of their uh, fan club magazine and their uh, song Deep? What is Deep? What is Deep? Deep is now this interactive live web platform. I. I guess I, I would say where they made it available for the first time last week where you can now listen to over, I think it was over like 180 something right. shows. And it's crazy because a lot of people out there that listen to Sirius XM Pearl Jam Radio, we, we've heard, you know, some of these shows, but it, for me, it's been just there to now know that they're all available and they like span over 20 years of the band. Like it, it's just, it's just crazy to me. I, from a record label side, I have no idea what, how much time and effort that must have taken. The, the amount of work it would take to, you know, I have enough trouble launching one song <laughs> for loose group <laughs> records, let alone 5,000 tracks. Um, and to be able to put it across this website, which allows you to search all the shows and uh, it's just, it's literally amazing. Like Republic records got it going on. I was, I was floored. I think it was just, um, again, this band is known for doing all things original. I've just, I've never seen anything done like this before. And I just think it was just, uh, they knocked it out of the park. It is so cool for people that haven't checked it out. You, you have to go look at it. It's, it's unbelievable. It's now for the first time ever, all these live shows that so many of us have been to, you can now experience them whenever you want. Um, they're available now on all streaming platforms. That's, so, that's, just- that's the big thing because up until last week, 
if you wanted to enjoy a, a live Pearl Jam or a bootleg, uh, the official bootlegs, you had to you had to buy it or you had to uh, trade with or with some friends of yours, maybe uh, rip it that way or get the digital download. Uh, now you can literally go on tour with the band uh, from say a 2016 tour or you want to go back to when they were doing the big tours. Uh, you can go on tour with them and say, okay, well, today I'm going to listen to Philly, and the next day they were in New York, and then I'm going to listen to New York. And you can go through and listen to any of these bootlegs whenever you want and not be restricted. Because I remember you know, when the bootlegs first hit and you had to buy them on CD, it, was, it came down to a money thing where it was like, look, I only have 100 bucks to spend on Pearl Jam this year and the bootlegs. And so if the bootlegs are, and I forget what they were, but let's say, say $10, well, then I got to pick 10 shows over the course of the Riot Act tour and buy those. And then that was it. Like, I couldn't see or I couldn't listen to uh, shows that, you know, and it was a situation where you were like, you were looking, you were scanning playlists and going, oh, uh, well, they did Faithful here, but they didn't do it here. But on this one, they did Breathe or they did Breath. And and then this one, so then you like had to really dive, drill down to decide which one you were going to do, and now you don't have to do that anymore, and that's that's really incredible. It's just so cool. There's same with me. There's a couple of these shows that I had, or I, I don't know where they are anymore. Right, you don't know <laughs> where they them, are. Right, I had them on CD, and I haven't listened to them in ages. And there's one show in particular. Uh, a Homedale show because I, as, as everyone knows, I'm, I'm from New Jersey and there was a PNC Bank Art Center show that I was at and uh, it was so, I haven't really gotten to dive into all of them yet since it launched. Okay, that one. Billy. I, I did. <laughs> oh, I didn't have, you know, there's 180 shows right. I haven't listened to. You know, it's been a week and I've only listened to 170 of them. So uh, forgive me that I didn't listen to those last 10. <laughs> Uh, I listened to one though, the Homedale show over the weekend. It was Mother's Day and uh, a, a bunch of my family, we were outside and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. And I listened to that show and it was um, way fun to hear it. Cause that's a, a memorable one for me. So yeah, this is, uh, this was really well done. It's just so cool. And kudos to all the people it must have took to, uh, to, to, to do that. I don't even, that's it's just wild, wild to me. Really you mentioned, cool. you mentioned, twice now how kind of daunting this task is behind the scenes to do i can't even really imagine you know i think a lot of people just think to themselves oh well you just it's it's easy you just put the disc in and you rip it to a computer and then you upload it and then it's done and i honestly i am that person so based on what you just said twice i'm assuming that it's not just as easy as taking the Homedale show, popping it into a CD burner, uploading it, and then uploading it to some sort of server. It's a little more in-depth than that, Billy. Is that what you're saying? Uh, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I mean, there's this thing called ISRCs. You know, there's there's codes that are associated with every form of audio that, that is put out. I don't even understand this. IRC for, you know, for even flow for the live show. I don't even know. Or does it get its own ISRC because it's now a, it's a new track of even flow? I have no idea, but yes, it is not easy. <laughs> There's 5,000 new tracks to have to uh, put up through the world on uh, on on digital service providers. Yeah, um, really, 
Yeah. Like I said, I can't even get one done. (laughs) (laughs) So that's amazing. Was it, is it as easy in my head as flipping a switch and then it's available on Spotify? It's available on YouTube music. It's available on Apple. Uh, or do you need some sort of separate waiver to upload to each streaming service? There is, I mean, when you have a distributor, we all have platforms on how we service our music directly to the DSPs. Almost every like label, we have like these internal systems that we've built with uh, Spotify and Apple and YouTube that allows us to get them the music the way they want. But for something like this, when you're rolling out, you know, 5,000 tracks in one day to all be available, yeah, there's definitely some... It, there's some coordination there to actually speak directly to YouTube, directly right. to Spotify, say, hey, heads up, <laughs> we're right. going to put out 5,000 more tracks that weren't on your platform yesterday. So, uh, no, it, it, it takes some communication directly with them uh, when it comes to, like, this sort of volume of putting up this much content. And I imagine that uh, Pearl Jam greases a couple of wheels to, to get that that uh, expedited to make it happen uh, that some other bands probably don't have the juice to do. I mean, what bet? I mean, I think everyone would want to prioritize something like this, especially where, you know, it's, it's a band. They don't just, we're going to put up the songs and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like the whole marketing plans around it, which we sh- that's what we should talk about next. This, this idea that was what a uh, great, great digital marketing idea where they create the custom set list right. generator. Um, and then for those who haven't checked that out yet, you know, you, you, you could go to the deep website, you click on this set list generator, you put your name in and your birthday, and then you could receive a custom set list that was generated in, you know, at this point, we all know those, those Pearl Jam set lists, Eddie Vedder's handwriting, um, but it can, uh, it can, you can instantly make your own and it will give it back to you in Eddie's, Handwriting. I did not know this. This is, I, is that that really a thing? Cause that's amazing. Yep. Yep. You have to check it out. So you go in, you put in Roach, put in your birthday, and then you can make your own and it will spit back out, you know, Eddie, Eddie's, uh, Eddie's handwriting and it's your own set list. Like that is so so cool. That That is is unbelievable. What a great idea. And cause I knew, and in reading, I knew that you could put together a custom playlist. So, Look, and, and I'm going to say in, in just a minute that this is great news, but it stomps on something that I have been literally working on for years. And you know this about me, Billy, because I've alluded to it. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So you can you can list the songs. So if you've always you, you, basically your perfect Pearl Jam show, I guess, if they and if they performed it live and if they performed it during the official bootleg series, which is the only thing I'm hanging my hat on as to why my the project that I've been working on. Uh, personally, for the last five years, is not all for a waste. But it, uh, the official bootlegs, it'll it'll put that playlist together for you in order, and then you will have your perfect Pearl Jam set list live show ready and available for you. The, I knew that That's was a right. thing, but what you're yeah. telling me is it'll also be printed out in a set list form in Eddie's handwriting. Yep, that's right. And really- they launched that. In conjunction with all these songs going to help create this, you know, community of fans to share your custom set list. And I mean, what better of a tool, what better of a way to help promote that these songs were available? Um, I saw a lot of, um, like industry friends were, were posting it, uh, last week and I was like, Oh wow. Wow. That's, 
that's that's gonna, awesome. We're going to have to do so that. So well done. Yeah, you yep. and I are going to have to do our own too. That's going to be really fun to do. So just quickly on my project, for the last six years, I have been working on a perfect Pearl Jam set list for me. Um, I have listened to all available copies of bootlegs that I own. So again, back to this thing, it's like now here are all the versions of uh, God's Dice that I can listen to and, and go through that, which would make my project even that much harder because then I would listen to every version of God's Dice ever performed live uh, on the official bootleg to find the version that I like best that fits with my show. The other problem is a lot of times, these, the, especially the early ones, the, they're not sequenced correctly in the sense of Ed's conversation about the next song is at the end of the song before that. Do you know what I mean by that, Billy? Yes. Where it's like he's yeah. talking about the song they're going to do, and then just as he does it, they go into the song, it goes to the next track listing, which is the song. But if you only have the song before that or you only have that song, you don't get the conversation or the talk up to it. So I went through all that and I edited those all up to make a perfect show that I have never let anybody listen to other than myself because I'm still tweaking it. Even Billy was like, you should play that. Like, let me hear it or whatever. I was like, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. We have never talked about this on the podcast either. So uh, the, here are a couple of things why I still feel like this was project was not the biggest waste of time in my entire life because this deep project could have made it <laughs> the biggest waste of time in my entire life. Number one, it features versions from unofficial bootlegs, which is not going to be available mm. in this. Number two, I went out of my way to make it seem as if this was a real show. So I took those conversations and, and kind of plugged them together. I did a kind of a of an audio melding of the of the applause so that there's no space between songs. So like there's no and then they go on the next one because it's a different track. So I've tried to do my best to make it a, like an immersive experience rather than just a custom set list. It's the only thing I'm hanging my hat on, Billy, as this is not the biggest way to waste of time that Pearl Jam kind of snuck off of me. <laughs> but that's what I that's what I did. But this is really the next best thing. I just I'm so excited for when you are done. You are now going to be able to create your own set list image of right. your set list. In Eddie's handwriting, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. You know, I think I'm gonna do that too because look, here's the thing, and I brought up God's Dice. God's Dice is not even near my top thirty Pearl Jam songs, my favorite Pearl Jam songs. So this this show that I put together is not my favorite Pearl Jam songs in a show. This show for me, like I wanted to start off with a slow song. I wanted to make sure the the songs that are typically performed as as enders for uh, the first set are enders of the first set. So, like, God's Dice is in my perfect set list, even though it's not one of my perfect Pearl Jam songs. So, for me, this – I'm going to take this custom set list, and I think what I'll do is I'll just take the songs that I used and put them into the custom set list and make it that the set list. But I'll always have my version as as that, and then I'll let Deep spit out the version that they want to spit out for me. But – for me, it wasn't just the best Pearl Jam songs. I really went out of my way to create a a perfect Pearl Jam set list that is in the spirit of what Pearl Jam would perform their sets and shows. 
I'm a nerd. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this show. I, it has to be a whole podcast and like, I want you to do it and then be telling me all the songs. I'm, I'm excited. You, I, I, cause I've heard about, for those out there, I've heard Roach talk about this <laughs> since the first time I ever met him, which was several years ago at this point. And he told me about this. So this is a, this has been a long work in progress. I'm, I'm excited. It's I ready. Gotta, it's, see it. it's ready to go. I think I'm. I think I'm ready to kind of unveil it. So let's let's just we'll say this before the end of 2021, we will do the breakdown of my perfect Pearl Jam show. You and I will go through it together, track by track. Now we won't listen to it track by track because it's three hours and 25 minutes long. But I wanted <laughs> to keep it. And I look, it's that's still under the longest yeah. Pearl Jam show ever. But it's not a quick show either. But it's and it's not. But it's not like five hour show because you know that's that's physically impossible. Because again, I wanted to make this an immersive experience. So that's something mm. to look forward to. But I think for a lot of people, deep allows them to do my project without wasting five years of their lives listening to nine hundred versions of Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a small town. Uh, they can do that now. Because Pearl Jam just flicked the switch and they're they're enabling it, and I love the in Eddie's handwriting thing. It is so so cool. I this was over the top amazing. The one thing I had in the back of my head though was I think a lot of us out there, you know, we're you know we're we're getting older and we got a lot going on, and I just I wonder if the the even though we're like super massive Uber Pearl Jam fans, I wonder how in depth we, this is like I okay. Long story short, I talked to my brother about it. Like, did you check out like the <laughs> website? This is insane. He's like, Billy, I can't even like, you know, five years ago before, before I had the kids, I can, I, it's just too much for me. I don't think I can, I don't think I can handle <laughs> He's right. this. So I just, I, I wonder if it's, it's a bit too amazing for us fans that have a lot going on to really understand what's going on here. But the truth is it's not really that hard to understand. It's just all these live shows are now available for the first time, making it super easy for you to hear it on your, your most favorite streaming platform. Um, but I do wonder that if there's some people where this is just like, it's a bit over your head. No, I, I would, I think the majority, first of all, the majority of music fans will never go and listen to these things. They'll, it just won't happen. Uh, so now let's get into Pearl Jam fans. I would say for 50% of, of people who consider themselves Pearl Jam fans, I don't know how much they'll dig around in it. I think for the other 50%, so of the of the 50% who will dig around in it, I would say at least half of those people, so 25%, it's too daunting. And, you know, I brought up the it's the back end stuff is daunting. It's also daunting for the front people for the people for the fans it's overwhelming how much music was just dropped on us uh and it's going to take literal years for the i'm going to say the average hardcore pearl jam fan now look there's always going to be the super hardcore pearl jam fan who will now spend the next three months listening to every single show and breaking it down and then knowing it all but i think for the average hardcore pearl jam fan this will take years and this is a project for them to go through of you know what once a week i'm going to listen to a pearl jam show off of deep and that will take literal years to do years so we'll see i i'd be curious some people should hit us back on that if they're uh if what's the plan is, if, yeah if they're if they're also like tell us 
fans out there. Are you are you into this or was it too is it is it too complicated for you? I'm 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 curious because yeah, my brother was like, oh, this is too I much. love it, but I don't know. I have no I don't know what's going on. It's overload. It's it's like a kid overload. who's got too much sensory overload and they're just ah and they're they just got to reboot. It's it's that. So yeah, Billy, great point. Jamlymatters at gmail.com. What's your plan for checking out and and kind of searching around inside deep? I would think that most people will do what you and I are planning on doing. Put together a custom playlist, have it spit out in Eddie's handwriting, listen to that show, and then take it as it comes. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go see them uh, in 2025 in, in Oakland. Let me check out uh, a San Francisco show from back in the day to get myself prepped for the stuff like that. I, but I think everybody's going to do the custom playlist, and then from there it'll be a crapshoot on what people do after that. Right. Okay. So there's your there's our overview of deep. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back and briefly give you our rundown, our our review of Eddie, uh, his Vax Live performance. That's next. Just a heads up, if you are enjoying the conversation on Jamly Matters and you are a craft beer lover, well, then you will love my craft beer podcast, Head Retention. It's a podcast about the lifestyle of craft beer. Yes, we do tastings, but more importantly, we talk about all of the things that have to do with making the craft beer culture what it is. If you like a conversation about the lifestyle of Pearl Jam and you are a craft beer lover, you'll love a conversation about the lifestyle of craft beer. Head Retention is a podcast available through the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. So last week, Eddie Solo played Vax Live. And I will tell you, Billy, my, my, my top-line view of it, he did two songs. He did Corduroy, a, 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 a alternate version. I don't want to say an all-new version because he's done it before, but an alternate version of Corduroy and a pretty straightforward rock version. He's done an acoustic version. This was a rock version of, of I Am a Patriot. So... My top line view, Ed, uh, or Billy, was that it was really weird seeing Ed playing in front of a crowd, and I also felt like he acknowledged that this is really, really surreal to be on stage playing in front of a huge crowd, and it felt good. Totally, totally. And I, I, I could say that for other artists, too, that I, I got to catch, that I felt that same sort of energy, but like excited, but also like... Totally weird right. <laughs> that it's happening. Also, totally weird. I'm not with my band. Right. You know, I think all of it was probably maybe overload for him too. That I'm doing this and I haven't done it in so long, and it's not, you know, not the norm of how I usually do it. But in typical fashion, I thought I thought it was cool, and I thought it was way cool that his backing band was the band White Reaper. I know he's he's fans of those those kids, and um, I thought that was awesome. I know there's always been a strong love for them and what better than to foster, you know, a, right. a newer band um, 
wow, that must have been amazing for them to be up on, on stage with Eddie Vedder. So, uh, so congrats to them. But yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was fun. I had a chance to talk to White Reaper before the pandemic. So let's say winter of before pandemic. And first of all, they were so excited to be opening for the band for their European tour in 2020. And I said that I was a huge Pearl Jam fan and they were like, it's just, it's amazing. They were telling me the story of, of how they ended up on the band's radar. And it was one of the guy's dad got a, got music into Ed's hands and he was really a big fan of it. And he was like, I like you guys. Let's, I'm taking you guys to Europe and we know we're going to play. And so I felt awful for them that for, the, you know, for me, that summarizes the smaller bands covid experience where it was like we've got a chance to capitalize or we're just on the cusp of breaking through and now the only way we're our livelihood depends on it is shut down for 18 months is what's going to turn out to be and i felt so bad for them so i'm so glad that you pointed that out because it was great of ed to go listen couldn't do the european thing and maybe they'll do it when they eventually get to europe but um here pl- be my band for for these for this performance and it's a great way to kind of put white reaper on a on a national stage uh as a kind of a sorry we couldn't get you over to europe kind of thing so i'm really glad that you shouted out and i'm obviously ed is just a stand-up guy for being able to do that for the band as well (laughs) yeah oh no i'm just nodding so i forget you know people aren't seeing us on this (laughs) i have to say yes no, no, totally, totally. Uh, and they look like they were having fun up oh, there. Oh, how were... could you not? You're on stage with <laughs> Eddie Vedder. Not. You're on stage with Eddie Vedder. Uh, so here, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be very, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be very superficial for a second here, and then we'll talk about the new version of Corduroy or the the alternate version of Corduroy. Um, I was really glad to see Ed not wearing a hat, and mm. I will tell you uh, again, very superficial uh, as a bald man. So I, I have to preface this with saying a, a bald man. I was getting concerned that Ed was, in fact, uh, bald to the point that he couldn't cover it up without a hat anymore, which anybody who is bald is nodding their head going, I remember. Because you, you, when you first start to go bald, you put the hat on, and then the hat stays on, and the hat stays on, and you can still have the hair coming out the back, and it, it, it looks fine with the hat on, but you are deathly afraid that a gust of wind is going to blow that hat off and reveal some sort of bald spot or a widow's peak or a receding hairline or whatever, and – Everything that we have seen from Ed during the pandemic has been with a hat on. And I mean everything has been with a hat on. And it's been the quintessential either that cool straw hat, which is kind of a style thing, or a baseball cap, which is the bald man's burden of got to wear the baseball cap. I'm wearing the baseball cap. So for me to see Ed without a hat on and the fact that, look, it could have been some nice blow drying. It could have been some well-placed hairspray or whatever, but to, to see that he could still go on stage without the hat after my thoughts, I've had, I've had 12 months, 13 months to think about Eddie Vedder's hair because we've been in a pandemic. It was very good. And I was like, okay, I I understand Ed is probably thinning out, but it's not to the point where he's got to wear the hat all time. I didn't want to be, I didn't want him to be that guy. I didn't want him to reach the Billy Joel wearing the, the Ray-Bans stage of his career. And if you remember when (laughs) Billy Joel started to get the bags under his eyes because he's getting older, he wore the Ray-Bans literally all the time everywhere. Ed's not at that point. I know that's a superficial point, but it was good to see that on stage, Billy. I'll be the superficial dude in this, in this conversation. Oh my God. I, oh, I, I love that. I haven't, 
I'm being on. I haven't paid attention you haven't to any about of that. Yeah. I yeah, I'm, I no, the ha- this stuff I think about. <laughs> <laughs> hat, no hat. Yeah, no. These guys are uh, superhuman to me. You know, they're yeah. just uh, right. They're never. They're they're never going to get old. They're not old. Like you know. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's my superficial point. Let's talk about before we wrap up the the alternate version of Corduroy. Uh, both Corduroy and My Patriot are. Uh, available. I am a Patriot is a version that I feel like we've heard as fans before. So it's the really the alternate version of Corduroy. What were your thoughts on that, Billy? Hmm. That was interesting. Um, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure that I, 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 you know, would, uh, really dive in a lot to it. The, the new, this, this alternate version, I could appreciate it. I Me think too. that's so cool yeah. with another band right. to do it different. Like, again, like always just setting the bar so high. Like, I think it's probably a lot easier for Eddie Vedder to play corduroy the way he knows how to play corduroy. But to go and do it different because you're with a different band, that's, that's cool. Like that always, like always just not a, not a lazy guy. Like, no. <laughs> always looking to do things original. So, um, so I thought that was cool. However, I really didn't like the alternate version. Be honest, I just Billy. I like I like the I like the honesty. Oh, I like yeah, the honesty. Yeah. I found it. Um, I f- and I saw somebody post this as well. Uh, somewhere, I, I found it very difficult to sing along with it because I was like, I don't know what the next line is. I've heard this. I've probably heard Corduroy more than every other Pearl Jam song, and yet because it was sung in a different structure, I had no idea what the next line was going to be in these songs. In the song, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, and, right. then, and then my other thing was, I really thought that it was cool that they, um, that it was a different version because I don't got my boys with me. I don't got Pearl Jam with me. I've got another backing band with me. It would have felt a little weird to see Ed perform the traditional version of Corduroy with, with different people standing up on stage with him. So I do like the fact that it was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the version that I wrote with my guys. Because it's not, I don't, I don't want to say he didn't think it was respectful, but for me, it felt very respectful to go. I don't have the my normal dudes with me. I've got another set of guys with me. We're gonna do it this way to kind of say this is not the Pearl Jam version of Corduroy. I, I respected that. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Here's the thing. I, and by the way, we're going to wrap up here because uh, Billy doesn't want to say anything bad about her band, and she has nothing good to say about this version of Corduroy is what I'm taking away. So go find it if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, we played a little piece of it just just earlier in this episode, but go listen to the whole thing. It's available everywhere, including on YouTube. Jamlymatters at gmail.com. Billy asked you the question earlier about uh, what's your plan to dive into deep. Uh, let us know. We'll do some of that as well. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Now it's your turn. Post your thoughts on the Jamily Matters Facebook page or send an email to jamilymatters at gmail.com.